I take you to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until parted by death. This is my solemn vow. Well, good morning, Crossroads. Who's ready to dive into a new series and go where God takes us here? Um, I'm going to just start by sharing with you, this is my Bible that I use for all of the weddings and funerals that I officiate. This is it. And I always tape inside my Bible what that ceremony is. I cheat. I just want you guys to know that. That's just how it is. Um, and that allows me to make it look very, very official, but I'm just cheating the whole time. I just, I need you to know that about me. It's, it's just there. Uh, and what's funny is I, I have all kinds of funeral services and wedding ceremonies. All, I never untape them. So it's like full of, I can go back and go, oh yeah, I remember that one. That was great. I remember that one. The guy passed out. There's just great things <laughs> that happen uh, by keeping that as a memory. Uh, but I'll say this, as we, as we open a new series called The Vow, uh, let's just kind of lean into the significance of some of these beautiful and sacred moments in life because I would contend with you today, there is something especially beautiful and especially sacred about that moment uh, when husband and wife exchange vows at that wedding ceremony. Um, I don't think people recognize this all the time, but there are actually two vows that are made. There is a vow that is made between you and God. There is a vow that is made between you and your spouse. And so it's this beautiful moment. It's the only time in life where there's that two-dimensional promise being made, a sacred covenant of vow. And so that first one happens when I will say to the, the bride and the groom, do you take this person to be your wedded husband, to be your wedded wife? Do you promise to love them, to comfort them, to honor and keep them all the days of your life? If so, say, I do. And then those are the moments where it's, I do, or it's I don't, and they just run off. You ever experienced that? <laughs> Neither have I. It's been a smooth sound. It's been good. Uh, I do. That moment is a covenant. It's a vow between you and God. That's what that moment is. And then after they both make that vow to God, that's when they face each other, they take hands, and they're looking at each other in the eye, and it's this beautiful moment, right? And I've told you this before, I'll say it every time because it's important. I will usually look at the bride and I'll say, would you just drink in that beautiful man you're about to marry? What a stud he is. You're thinking he's the perfect man. He'll never do anything to bother me, but he will! <laughs> I do the same thing. Look at your bride. She's beautiful. She's perfect. You're thinking, oh, she's the perfect woman. She'll never do anything to bother me or irritate me. She will! <laughs> and when they do, that's when you remember this moment, this vow that you made. Because it's significant. I mean, here's what happens. It's I, I'm going to just make this personal. I, Tim, take you, Dana, to be my wedded wife. To have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. I mean, those are the vows that are exchanged on the wedding day. Beautiful and sacred moment. And it's something that, 
God smiles at. It's, it's ordained and it's created by God, this beautiful moment. And you guys, I'm, I'm concerned. The reason we're taking four weeks and diving into this is because for whatever reason, let's just think about this in terms of the last couple years of existence on planet Earth, we've all had to endure this thing called COVID. COVID-19, it's this, uh, it's this virus that's been going around, if you're not sure. And we've all been kind of put in a pressure cooker. Everything's been stressed. And I think that what COVID has done for the last two years is it's revealed the strengths and weaknesses of your relationships, of your job, your organization, all around every aspect of your life, it's revealed strengths and weaknesses. And it's done the same thing to marriages. It has revealed strengths and weaknesses in our marriages. And I got to be honest with you, when you see the stats that are coming out right now, marriages are hurting. There's a lot of people that are struggling and there's marriages that are crumbling and falling apart all over the place. And I, I want to lean into this. I think it's more important than ever that we lean into this so that we can stack the deck for success. So we can figure out what are the important foundational building blocks that I can be building so that I can have a successful marriage. And oh, by the way, if you're thinking, well, I'm single, Pastor Tim. What am I going to do for the next four weeks? This applies to everyone. Just know that. And oh, by the way, can we go on a quick rabbit trail here? I think a lot of times the... Uh, the dream that we have is, you know, for the perfect marriage. For me to be complete as a person, I have to find the perfect person, right? You've been growing up watching all the Disney movies and, you know, Mr. Perfect comes in like, there he is. And the guy's like, I found the dream girl. And it's like, wait, she has a tail, not legs. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody like, what, what happened? <laughs> Didn't quite work out the way you thought. And so there's this dream, right? There's this expectation of what marriage is and that that will somehow fulfill me. And, and make no mistake, I get it. I think women for the most part, this is just me, I, this could be my version as a guy if I'm wrong, just tell me politely afterwards that I was wrong. You dream about the wedding day. Girls, I just see this in a lot of the weddings that I've done. They've been looking forward to this day for so long. They've planned it out. It's been a dream, dream about marrying the perfect guy. It's the perfect day, the perfect dress. You've already got your kid's name and the house dreamed out there you're gonna live. It's like, you've got this dream of what marriage is and it's this beautiful, perfect day that begins this perfect life together. And that's kind of the dream, right? And meanwhile, the guys are just like, uh, sex? <laughs> I'm not wrong, I'm not wrong. So there's... <laughs> So there's this amazing picture, right? This dream, this expectation of marriage. And I think there's this false narrative that for you to be complete, you have to find this person, right? Can we just affirm if you're single here today, good for you. How about give your single people a round of applause? Good for you. And I think a lot of times we carry around baggage like, oh, I can't be complete until I find the one. What we are talking about today sets the tone for everything in our lives. And I want you to know that right out of the gate, if, if your spouse is in the wrong position in your life in terms of priority, it's going to set you up for disaster. Things will unravel if you don't have your priorities in line. And I'm going I'm to say this to you, people who are single right now, if you're trying to find all of your identity and all of your purpose and all of your hope and your fulfillment in someone else, that's the wrong priority. You're chasing the wrong thing. We have to all start with making God our highest priority. That's whether we're single or whether we're married. And, and that's the vow that we're looking at today. We're going to be taking a look at, at four vows. Today is the vow of priority. 
We're going to dive in and talk about what that means. It's the vow of pursuit. That's next week. That's a fun one. Just stay tuned. Uh, The vow of partnership and the vow of purity. I think what these vows, that if we're willing to say at the end of these times together, this is the vow that I am making to Jesus. These are vows that really truly build a foundation for us to not only become who God has called us to be, but also they are vows that will strengthen and save our marriages. Can anybody get excited about that? I'm excited about where we're going. I think we need this. Because honestly, let's go back to what my concern is. When you see that 50% of marriages are falling apart uh, and in disaster, that's not okay with me. Especially as followers of Jesus, we, we have to just put our priorities in the right spot so we can have success, so we can stack the deck for our marriages to be stronger. Because strong marriages make strong families, make strong kids. That's how passing our legacy of faith on to the next generation. It starts with us. And if 50% are failing, you guys, we got to lean into that. That's not okay. Let's do better. Let's prioritize. Let's build a foundation that can help us with that. And I don't want, this is not in my intention either. When we talk about marriage, inevitably that can bring baggage to the plate. I don't want you to dwell on your past mistakes. I don't want you to think about anything that you've done or experienced that makes you feel like lesser than. What I want you to do is think toward your future. Who is God calling you to be? And what does that look like in terms of setting priorities, all right? Let's just be clear. That's my goal for you. 50% of marriages end in disaster. That can't be acceptable, you guys. We can do better. If you knew that you're leaving your house today, there's a 50% chance you're going to get attacked by a bear. (laughs) Would you change anything? Would you change your behavior? Like 50% chance? Like, wait a second. One out of two chance? I get attacked by a bear today? I mean, you're going to go out at least with a bat, you know, put on a helmet? You're going to prepare for that, right? 50% of our marriages, you guys, we got to stay focused. And I think that's why we got to start with this vow of priority to make sure things are in the right place in our lives. I want to challenge you to think today, um, God needs to be your one, your top priority. And if you're married, I'm just going to say this, your spouse needs to be your two, all right? Just be thinking about that as we unpack these scriptures. Uh, Matthew 22, Jesus says this, He is asked in the moment, what's the most important command? I mean, they were always peppering Jesus with questions. Jesus replies, the greatest commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You got to give him everything. That's the most important thing. It's, It's God first. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I mean, it's number one and number two here. God is your priority. First and foremost, give him everything you've got. And then second, love your neighbor as yourself. And I will contend with you today that when you get married, the most important human relationship you now have is the relationship with your spouse. And I want you to consider this for a second. The priorities here. God first. In Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever told. And he says, in in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the righteousness of God. Seek God first. 
And then all these things, all these worries and cares that we have in life, all of these things will be added to you as well. He's speaking directly to this idea, this concept of the vow of priority. In my life, if I want to be successful in any area of my life, much less my marriage, it's got to be God first. Recognizing that the closer that I am to Jesus, the closer that my spouse is to Jesus, the closer we're going to be together. Because we are by default beginning to become more like Jesus. We're reflecting the love that he has for us. We recognize God is love. So in 1 Corinthians 13 it says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it doesn't keep any record of wrongs. These are attributes of who God is. These are the attributes that God is calling us to live out in our lives. It is a covenant that you enter to into marriage that it represents the deepest bond of love. It is a selfless, sacrificial love that serves. It is agape love, the deepest type of love. It's not based on passion, it's based on commitment. And that's the love that God has for us. So the closer we are to Jesus, the more we reflect that in our lives, the stronger our marriages are gonna be because we're reflecting that love with each other. Selfless, sacrificial love that serves. So here's what I wanna challenge you with today is we're talking about the vow of priority. Um, how about this, group number one, you're hoping to get married. You're preparing yourself for that big day. Maybe you're a teenager, you're not even thinking about that, you're like whatever. Uh, in your 20s, your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, wherever you're at in life, you're single, you're thinking marriage might be on the, in the future on the horizon. I would encourage you today to think in terms of this. I will seek the one while preparing for my two. Can we just admit that that's a great place to start? Seek God first. I love uh, Andy Stanley says this. Uh, make it your goal to become the person uh, that your person is looking for. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. How about that? So instead of, you know, trying to you know, find love in all the wrong places, think about who is it that you're trying to find? Who's the person that you want to find? And become that person. Which means if you want someone who chases after the heart of God, you're probably not going to find them at the bar or at the club. You know, change, change your flow there. Come on now. Uh, let's, let's change that pace up a little bit and think about what is it that you're looking for? Who, who are they looking for? <laughs> Become the person you're looking for is looking for. I love that because it's really confusing. It doesn't make any sense. And then you're like, oh, it makes perfect sense, but it's weird. I, I get it. Um, the vow of priority. I want you to think about this vow and think about making this vow at the end of our time together today. The vow of priority. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Just think about how that sets the table for success in your relationship with your spouse. How about this? Think about how that sets you up for success in life in general, in any relationship that you have. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. So God clearly says, hey, Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the number one uh, rule. That's the number one law. That's the number one focus we're all supposed to have. So God is the highest priority. Well, let's not, let's not miss the reality that the spouse is number two. You got to keep these priorities in check. In Genesis chapter two, uh, all the way at the beginning in creation, you see God creates all the animals. Uh, he creates all of creation. He parades all the animals before Adam. We've talked about this before. Adam is given the responsibility of naming all of the animals. You know, it is what it is. And it gets this realization in Genesis two that there was no one that was found that was a suitable companion for Adam. It's like he's realizing, hey, 
I'm, I'm all, all by myself. Don't want to be. That's Adam. He's all by himself. It's like, I'm all by myself. So God puts him to sleep. <laughs> he takes a rib out of Adam and he forms, he forms Eve out of dusting around out of the body of Adam. And, and, you know, God, it's like this amazing moment where he presents Eve to Adam. It's like this perfect, like, moment. Like, I've got something for you, Adam. This is amazing. And, you know, he's been naming all the animals. I can't not say this. He says, whoa, man. <laughs> and that's how a woman got her name. That just is what it is. I will always say that every time we talk about this passage of scripture, even if it gets old. I can't help it. It, it just, it happens. Um, there's this beautiful moment where, man, God created Eve for Adam, and it's the perfect compliment. He, he created the perfect partner for Adam. And so there's an amazing scripture here in, in Genesis 2.24. It says, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. I mean, you see this progression where you grow up in your family's home, you live with your parents, and you know, when you turn 18 or 19 or 20, you, you head out, unless you're a millennial, you're 30, 31, 32, 40, 45, whatever. Uh, remains to be seen for Generation Z. We don't know. We don't know. I'm hoping it's like 15 or 16. I'm just kidding. My boys are, you guys are fine. You guys are good. Um, there's this reality, though, that a change happens, right? A shift takes place. I'm becoming my own person. Now it's time for me to go out and live my own life. And part of that is, is making your own family. You seek, you know, that spouse. You find that perfect somebody. And, and it says a man leaves his parents and becomes one with his wife. Well, that word leaves in Hebrew, I mean, that's important. That's significant. Uh, in Hebrew, the way that that's pronounced is asab. So it's like asab. I would say look at the person next to you and just say asab. You can do it better than that. Say, put some, Azab! <laughs> I don't know what's happening here today. It's just it's so fun. That means leave. In Hebrew, that's the, root, that's the root word for leave. That's important. It's significant because what this is signifying is that when the man leaves his family and is united with his wife, that now has become the most important human relationship on the planet. Does that make sense? God is the top priority. Well, now the spouse is the second priority. I mean, it, it sets this all up. This is the plan that God has for us from the beginning. We establish our own families. Life begins. And again, we come to the table you know, at these big wedding ceremonies, these amazing days, these weddings that celebrate true love coming together, this perfect day that you've been planning and planning for and dreaming about. It's just an unbelievable day. And the expectations are set so high and we have these beautiful moments. And make no mistake, the wedding day is just absolutely great. The wedding day, Dana and I, our wedding day was probably the happiest day of our life until we had kids. Then it's like Carter's born, like that is the happiest, most fulfilling day of our life. Then Jake is born, happiest, most fulfilling day of our life. That wedding day is right up there though. Just an amazing day. And this Valentine's Day, this just last week, I'm sitting there uh, pulling out all of the stuff in our basement from like long ago. You ever done that? gone through and cleared out all the, the stuff. And I discovered uh, <laughs> in a crate, I'm just going to go there, I discovered a VCR. Anybody know what that is? A VCR, a video cassette recorder. 
Back in the olden days, there was a, a place called Blockbuster. Blockbuster. <laughs> and if you were a kid in middle school, maybe elementary school, the best day ever was maybe like a Friday night when you went out with your family and you cashed in your book at coupon at Pizza Hut and you got your free personal pan pizza for reading books. Anybody with me? You'd go to Pizza Hut and you'd eat that delicious personal pan. You're like, I can read. And then you would all go down to Blockbuster and everybody would be at Blockbuster. Everybody would be there. Why? Because they're trying to rent video cassette tapes of all the new movies that have come out and you'd spend 45 minutes picking out the video you wanted to rent and for $3.99 you'd take that video home and you'd put it in your VCR and you'd watch it together. And the next day you would drive that back to the drop-off bin at Blockbuster and if you were a good person, you would be kind and you would rewind before you dropped that off. That's how that all worked. Now you're all caught up. Uh, Side note, this is a bonus, this just came to me. Did you guys know that Blockbuster could have bought Netflix back in the day? Did you guys know that? See how that turned out, okay. Didn't turn out well, they should have bought them. They should have bought them. <laughs> what was I even talking about? Oh yeah, I found a VCR, <laughs> found a VCR. And in that bin was the video of Dana and I's wedding. Oh, from start to finish. And so for Valentine's Day, what did we do in the evening? We hooked up our VCR to just like the little TV that it actually still plugs into. And, and we watched our wedding. Oh man, walk down memory lane. I got pictures today of our wedding. There's just, this is the happiest day. Look at that, look at that. Oh man. And then we're walking out and all the bubbles, it's like a fantastic moment. Look at, look at those shoes, those are awesome. Yeah. Yes, I was 14 when I got married, <laughs> in case you were wondering. Uh, that happened. Uh, just an unbelievable day. And we're watching the video, and I, now that I'm a pastor and I officiate weddings, I'm going, oh man, we did like everything I tell people not to. Like everybody had a part in our wedding. It lasted like an hour and a half. It was just crazy. But it was a great day. We're watching it, just laughing, seeing all the old faces. And then I'm, I'm brought to the reality that I, I sometimes forget at our wedding, I did something that I thought was romantic. I sang a song to Dana. I mean, that happened. That, this is real life. That happened. But you guys, I am a terrible, oh, just, I butchered this song. Not only did I ruin the tune, I actually ruined the lyrics. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is the most cringy thing I've done in a decade. I have footage. And here it is. This is me singing to Dana at our wedding. And it's awful. Oh! Also, I ruined the lyrics. Yeah, I was supposed to say, the one who gave you to me. I said, I will be true to the one who gave me to you. You're welcome. In case anyone was wondering, the, the guy that's awkwardly in between me and Dana in the background, that's my friend Andy. And watching his face throughout my song is wildly amusing to me. There's a couple of, 
couple of those, a couple of those. Oh, so glad that's over. Okay, so I'm putting myself out there. I know I'm going to hear it from every guy in here on the way out here. I'm just going to get here. That day was an amazing day, right? Like, oh man, it's this beautiful day. And you got this expectation that I'm getting married. They'll never do anything to irritate me or annoy me. Wrong, wrong, (laughs) wrong. And it doesn't matter who you are. There's a reason that in those vows you say, I will will love you, I will honor you, I will keep you in the good times and the bad, right? In sickness and health, for richer, for poor. Sometimes I say for richer, for richer, whatever. till death do us part. The reason that those vows are so significant is because, man, when times do get difficult, the vow, it remains. It's a covenant you made with each other. It's a covenant you made before God. And I want to encourage you to lean into that because, man, I I get it. You guys, I get it. I know there's a lot of marriages that are struggling. It's difficult. But I want to encourage you to go back to making your priorities to resetting them and and putting them in the right spot. Because when our priorities unravel, when they get out of focus, that's when things begin to fall apart. And I'm not immune to that. Can I just be honest with you? Uh, We got married, a beautiful day, great expectations. Here's the trap that I fell into. About nine months later, I've told this story. I answered the call to ministry of my life. It was one of those moments where, I mean, everything was amazing because God revealed, all right, this is what you're supposed to do. I followed the doors that he opened and I became a youth pastor. And it was amazing. What a great time in life. But the trap that I fell into was I got my priorities out of line. God was, was still my number one, but my spouse wasn't my number two. I started being more focused and engaged in my work and what I was doing because I was so excited to dive in and do what God had called me to do. And so Dana was no longer my, my priority number two. And that created problems for us. It just did. I was gone way more than I should have been. I was out nights of the week doing different things with all the youth groups and the college groups that I was leading. I was getting involved in everything I could, playing softball leagues and basketball leagues. And what you realize is a lot of times things that stress out marriages aren't necessarily bad things. They're good things. But when you lose track of your priorities, again, that's when things begin to unravel. And we had to figure some things out because it put a lot of stress on our relationships. I mean, then I had some moments that were really difficult, and I, I take the blame for a lot of that because I had the wrong priorities. And so coming out of that, I mean, we just had to realize, all right, I'm only going to be gone from the house so many nights a week. It's, if you're my highest priority, I'm going to show you that. You know, out of those conversations came the, the reality, all right, if I'm going to show that you're my, my priority, the most important human relationship that I have, then we're going out every Friday night. We're having date night. And that became sacred for us. I mean, that was a change in the pace for us every Friday night. And when we had kids, it got more difficult because you had to find a babysitter. It didn't matter. You guys, we were committed to date night. It didn't matter what kind of precarious situation we left our kids in. Uh, we went on date night. Uh, we, we did have one babysitter who actually locked herself out of our house with Carter when he was about three. Jake was one, and he was just laying on his mat like in the, in the living room, and the babysitter was just watching him from the window outside. That's a real story. I mean, we didn't care. We were going on date night. If it gets bad, break a window, Whatever. Priorities. You got to fight to protect those priorities. 
I think as we get through life, we have more things that fight for our time, more things that fight for our attention. You first get married, it's, it's easier to stay you know, focused on the right priorities. Kids enter the scene and that changes everything. Life gets crazy. Can I, can I encourage you to think in these terms? This might be a little controversial, but uh, let me challenge you with this idea. Children, while they are your family and your legacy, they are still a t just a temporary assignment, all right? They will eventually leave you, go out and start their own life, and the goal is, man, for that to be as successful and, and great as it possibly can be. Children are a temporary assignment, but your marriage is a lifetime commitment. When it comes to priorities, I, I want to encourage you now, God is number one, and your spouse, number two. The most important human relationship that you can have. And I want to encourage you, and I, I just, I'm going to speak to you as a guy, because I am one. Uh, husbands, hey, will you protect that priority? I think a lot of us can fall into the same trap I did. We get our priorities out of line. We engage ourselves in things that, they're not terrible things, but that creates stress in our relationships because we don't have God as our one, our spouse as our two. You gotta fight to protect the priorities. Ephesians 5.25, Paul says this, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I mean, that, that's the level that we're, we're to go at this at. I mean, Jesus loved us with the most selfless, sacrificial love that, that serves, that we could ever hope to imagine. I mean, he set the perfect example for us to follow. That's the love that we are to love each other with. You gotta fight to protect the priorities. And I wanna encourage you with just a couple practical things uh, to keep God your one. Um, man, spend time praying together. You know, we bring our boys into that process. We pray together every night, no matter what. Um, yeah, it's an important ritual. It's an important habit to have. Read the Bible together. Go to church together. Serve together. That's an amazing opportunity you have just to make sure that God is staying the priority in each of your lives and, and partaking in that together. God, priority number one. And then fight for those priorities to keep them in the right order. Make sure that your spouse is, is your second priority. I think that if you've got your, your priorities right, it's gonna help your marriage be stronger. And I'm gonna say this again, for everyone in here who's not married, you're never gonna go wrong making God your highest priority. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. And you're gonna be all set. You're trying to figure out what, what God has in store for you, what your purpose is. You will never go wrong by just saying yes to Jesus every day, making him your highest priority. Whatever the question is, Jesus, the answer is yes. You're going to find you're exactly where God wants you to be. He's going to get you there. Put your trust in him first, and it'll work out. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things will be added to you. So when it comes to priorities, as we come to a close, I just want to ask you this. Um, Maybe would you be willing to say this vow today with me? A vow that says, I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. I would contend with you today that if we just start there, if that is the foundation that we can build off of, man, that's a great start in stacking the deck for success and keeping us exactly where God wants us to be. And so I'm just gonna ask you to stand as we come to a close. Would you stand with me? And if you're willing in your heart to make this commitment, to make this vow to God, I just invite you together to say this vow, to say this prayer, if you will, 
uh, out loud with me. And together, let's make this vow that sets our priorities in line and keeps God where he needs to be. So let's say this vow together. I promise God will be my first priority and my spouse will be my second. Man, what an amazing place to start. Hearing all those voices say that vow out loud, I, that brings joy to my heart. Because if we can put that into practice, if that can become reality for us, man, we're going to become who God has called us to be. Our marriages will be stronger. Our families will be stronger. We'll be passing this legacy of faith onto the next generation. That's what I want for every one of us. And I want to encourage you today. Marriage is a difficult uh, topic to navigate because there's a lot of people who carry a lot of baggage from past relationships. I don't want you to leave here today beating yourself up for things that have gone on in the past. What I want you to do today is, is leave having made this commitment. Man, moving forward, God's going to be my first priority. I'm going to set myself up for success. And my spouse is going to be my second. It's the perfect place to start. And God will be with you. These are beautiful moments and these are sacred moments. I think a lot of times when we take our focus off Jesus, that's what takes us down trails that we never wanted to go down in the first place. That those trails that take us off of Jesus and focusing on him, they always lead us farther than we ever wanted to go. And you know, I want to end this service like we end all of our services. I, I want to make sure that everyone here has a chance to make Jesus their one. Because maybe you're here and you're realizing, I, I don't even know what that really means yet, to have a relationship with God, to make him my one. Recognize this, so when you make Jesus your one, you're, you're putting your trust in him. You're saying, Jesus, I, I, I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are Lord. You're believing that he died on the cross to pay a price you couldn't pay, that he can forgive you of your sins, that he can set you free. New life is possible, and it begins with Jesus. And so I just encourage everybody to say this prayer with me today. If, if the cry of your heart is to say yes to Jesus and to put your trust in him, to make him your one, would you join all of us in saying this prayer together as we close? Let's say this. Jesus, today I am making you my one. You are Lord of all. Forgive me from my sins. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. You gave your life for me. Today I'm giving mine for you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. You guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I mean, almost on a weekly basis, people are saying yes to Jesus. Lives are being changed. Next Sunday, we get to celebrate some of those changed lives with baptism. It's extraordinary what God is doing. And if you said yes to Jesus here today for the first time, if you're making him your one, I want to invite you to come forward. Would you say hi to Keith? Keith, wave your hand at everybody. I mean, Keith is the man. Don't be afraid. Go talk to Keith. We want to help go on this journey with you. We're going to give you a Bible, set you up for success and help you become the person that God created you to be. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the way he's changing lives. I'm excited to celebrate that with everyone next week. I want you to leave the day after we worship together knowing how much God loves you and committed to making him the highest priority in your life. So one more time, can we just pray together? Jesus, you are so good. We thank you for your incredible love. And God, I just ask that you would give us the courage and the strength and the focus, God, to make you our top priority. It's you first. And God, for those who are married today, God, would you help us to make that commitment that our spouse is priority number two? 
Make sure we're doing everything we can to love each other with that selfless, sacrificial love that serves that you have led by example and shown us. And God, I just pray for everyone here, God, that we would just seek you first and become the people you created us to be. God, we love you and we praise you because you are good. We pray this in your name. And together we say...